Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guests are Chris and Hunter from the Melt Podcast. First, a couple of announcements. A great way to help support Forbidden Knowledge News is by downloading our episodes directly through Spreaker or our website. You can also get a Rockfin Premium membership. With that, you get access to all our premium content and all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin. You can download the Forbidden Documentary from our website, ForbiddenKnowledge.News, for only $3. And if you're a Rockfin Premium membership, you can get it there now as well. Finally, check out what may be the most powerful antioxidant known to man, that's C60 Purple Power. The benefits of C60 have been incredible. It helps with energy, inflammation, it eliminates free radicals, and helps with the aging process. Check out their website, use that link in the description, and you'll get 10% off your order plus free shipping. Today I want to welcome back to the show Chris and Hunter from the Melt Podcast. Chris began the Melt Podcast to explore and expand his fascination on all things outside of the tiny spectrum of consensus reality, and Hunter came on board as co-host in 2021 and married shortly after in August. Chris, Hunter, welcome back. How are you both doing? Fabulous. Excellent. Yes. How are you? Welcome back. I'm excellent. I can't complain. Good. Always love our conversations, and today we're going to jump around through different rabbit holes into the nature of reality and the hidden reality that may surround us at all times, unseen forces, energies that we could interact with in different ways that may have different outcomes on our material reality. So that should give us a good starting point to begin with, but it's been a little while since you've both been on. Remind the audience a little bit about yourselves and your podcast and what kind of content you have. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Me? Okay. Um... Well, without giving a full history, we basically cover everything outside of the realm of consensus reality, the, the tiny little spectrum of uh, consensus reality that most people navigate around in, um, which means a lot of things. We cover woo-woo stuff like uh, paranormal, um, cryptids, uh, UFO slash alien experiences, whatever those actually are, um, all in a way where we're not... Uh, out to set any uh, flags uh, in in the ground saying this is definitely what's going on and not this, but to kind of hear all sorts of different points of views about different people's experiences and research in order to see where the overlaps are and see, you know, what, what we can uh, gather out of uh, all these disparate stories um, and experiences that from, from those things like that to sort of, sort of current issues talking about um, sort of the trans topic uh, and all of the um, narrative behind that, questioning race, questioning all of these things that uh, it seems like in the current, uh, current milieu we're in, uh, places where people definitely want to have strong definitions and create strong boundaries, which I think uh, in the end tends to separate people more than bring them together. So... Anything that's against the unity of all people, I'm, I'm not for that. So we're trying to find the consistencies in these experiences and in human beings in general. Would you? Excellent. Anything to add, Hunter? Well, I'm a lifelong uh, psychedelic enthusiast and uh, a fan of uh, pushing the boundaries of 
reality in all forms. Um, I'm a person of extremes and sometimes that even is extreme in thought and thought process. So uh, the way that, that Chris has kind of taglined our show is the chewable red pill. <laughs> and what I love about that is that uh, some of these pills are extremely hard to swallow. And what we are attempting to do with the show is uh, give people the opportunity to examine and explore what could be um, hard topics if uh, you're not familiar with them, uh, but do that in a way where it's uh, easy to digest. This is how I would say that. I like it. I'd love to get your thoughts on the reality that we're in since the time of 2020 when there was this quickening of agendas and this apocalyptic timeline that seemed to be set off. How do you feel about the direction that we're headed and the place we're at right now in this current timeline? Are you hopeful? Are you concerned? There has been a lot of people that have woken up because of the insanity that has occurred. So we're seeing shifts and we're seeing rises and falls in people's consciousness at the same time. You have people that are latching on to the technocratic apocalyptic timeline and just sinking deeper into the insanity. And you have folks like us who are becoming more and more enlightened and awakened by the second. And it's like a battle of polarities at this time. How do you... How do you see things going? My preference is, is to kind of take out the charge and, uh, and not to necessarily see it as a war. Initially, I really felt like there was a spiritual war that was happening and a psychic war that was happening. And I felt like that was one of the things that was uh, empowering the boogeyman was the fear aspect and i really uh perhaps shifted away from that mindset and more into a mindset of being excited because what i see happening is that there are uh as you said kind of this th there's a clear bifurcation that has happened where there are people who get off on the fear and get off on selling the fear and monetizing the fear and are really into that. And then there is a segment of the population that has just become more determined and galvanized in their desire for personal sovereignty and freedom. And I think that's exciting because there will be a, a segment of the population who's just going to kind of fall along lockstep with whatever agenda is, is uh, kind of the, the agenda du jour, we could say. And they're just going to go along with it because it's easier to do that. And some people just want to be told what to do, how to think, what to think. And those people aren't going to go away. And then there's another segment of the population that I see that has really used this as a blessing and a mitzvah and sees everything that's happened with uh, a grace. And instead of judging the other side in quotes, there's a level of empathy that has been ramped up. 
And I, I really align with that. I feel sorry for people who are fearful uh, because I have come from a place of fear and trauma and I can understand how disempowering that is. So I think that there, there will be things that seem to be uh, more intense, especially around the election. Uh, but I also see that it's where it's what we wolf you're feeding. And if you just decide to buy into the fear narrative, then the world is going to pay off in spades. But if you just kind of step away from that, then the, the reality that you are constructing potentially will be a lot different. I know that's all very nebulous and sounds very woo woo, but you know, that's the check I'm cashing. Right on. I love it. <laughs> Chris, any thoughts? Uh, I think what we, what we have seen going on the last three years is uh, a multi multi-layered um, divide and conquer uh, situation and to the point where, I mean, the left sort of was heading that way uh, in the first place. It's dividing itself into, uh, you know, pretty soon it's just the left is going to be multiple factions of each having maybe two or three people. Um, but I think that uh, it's very easy for, and I hesitate to say sides, but people who buy the narrative and people who don't buy the narrative, uh, it's very easy for either of them uh, to sort of calcify their echo chambers. Um, and we are guilty of it just as well. Um, it's very easy to doom scroll uh, our feeds with our friends and friends of friends and people who we, we count as like-minded and go through all of this stuff and you see all of this. Uh, not, I shouldn't say all of it. Uh, some of it is, is just as laden with hysteria as uh, people who by the narrative. Um, and I think we need to be really cognitive of that because they both lead to the same place. Hysteria both leads to not feeling grounded, uh, feeling fearful, uh, feeling like there is a definite uh, us and them. Um, and I think I, I still uh, am working with that in myself to realize that there isn't a thus and them. I mean, it's all just us um, humans. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, I have to remind myself of that all the time. Every time I see something and I go, oh, God, I'm like, wait, a minute, hold on a second. No, um, I'm, I'm labeling this person or judging this person that I see in a picture or in a article or in whatever, some sort of media, any sort of media, which isn't direct experience with that person. And I'm casting aspersions on them, or I may classify them or think that they're coming from a particular place because I'm, I'm superimposing my template on them. And that may, may very well and most likely isn't the case at all. And media can be so manipulative, even on the side that doesn't buy the narrative, um, that it's easy to get caught up on that roller coaster. And I'm trying to just watch the roller coaster and not get on it. Although sometimes it can be fun, but I think it can very easily lead to a place where it feels like the sides or the divisions are a lot more solid than they actually are. Well, the thing that I keep seeing is, you know, I go to some very specific uh, telegram uh, places and there are people, uh, is it telegram or telegraph? 
Telegram is one okay. that I use. It's... Okay. <laughs> what Sorry. are your kids calling it these Sorry. days? Hold <laughs> on. Um, well, I, I I subscribe to a couple of uh, places on there that if if you took away uh, logic and reason <laughs> and you just applied kind of the National Enquirer uh, view of some of these pages they're hilarious like everyone's a man everyone is trans yeah uh, you know uh, from julie roberts to lady diana to i mean every literally every famous woman is actually a man <laughs> that has been transitioned <laughs> to the point where you can tell some of these photos have been doctored yeah. and they're putting you know like a the the slight uh essence of a bulge on taylor swift so so taylor swift this is the latest one i i am just laughing i can't believe i saw this today i was like okay now we've really jumped the shark that napoleon dynamite is actually taylor swift what? <laughs> yeah I, the... i'm not shitting you What's happened some, with conspiracy culture with the extremes some people have gone to to try and make sense of our reality has become just even more insane. There's extremes on all sides. So we see the extremes with politics, with the right and left division. Now we have the extremes with the division between the normies and the conspiracy theorists. But the problem with the people who are the truthers or conspiracy theorists, sometimes not all of us, but there's a lot of us who are not doing our due diligence and research, a lot of us that are going out there just to get notoriety, just to be the first onto the story, yeah. just to be the first like break the breaking the shocking news of some the newest conspiracy when if you let it play out maybe a day or two, it turns out to be nothing even yes. close to what they were first reporting with the uh, when it comes to our truth community so there is problems on all sides and i think the truth is always going to be somewhere in the middle of mm -hmm. the extremes for sure well the photo was it's like a side by side photo of napoleon dynamite <laughs> and taylor swift and it's like now we know the truth this is who she really is. Well, first it was Anton LaVey's daughter. Uh, oh, yeah. and now, that makes some sense. And now they're saying that it, <laughs> that she's actually Napoleon Dynamite. And in the same feed, there was a photo of Lady Diana on a boat. And she is wearing, they've put like men's trunks on her, like a Speedo on her. And she had like a... a a man's shirt that was open all the way. Like she was basically topless underneath the shirt and they've added like belly hair and made her stomach look like she's a man. <laughs> and again, it's like the truth is out. She was actually yeah. trans. So, you know, when you see these things, what I try to do is I try to put on my woke cap for a moment and imagine what it would be like to be on the very very far left and looking at this and i would say well of course these people are crazy look at the bullshit that they believe yeah. so yeah. it seems like that there are bad actors and disinformation agents 
in the conspiracy realm as well yes. that are really the, the the designs that they have is to confuse and to muddy the waters as yep. much as they possibly can so that if there is some shred of truth to something it's so mixed in with all of this rubbish mm -hmm. that you're not going to be able to find it mm -hmm. because you get lost in the napoleon dynamite is taylor swift rabbit hole and then then who are you that really believes that? Like, who's that person? Well, it's really difficult at these times because even very intelligent broadcasters and researchers are being fooled by some of the false information that's coming out. And I hate to call people out, but this is something that everybody should know by now and have recently heard about. The gentleman who was going on all the shows recently talking about the Malaysian flight that disappeared and supposedly had these orbs that made it disappear. Right. Well, it turned out the whole video was fake. It was off of some video game, and he was going on all these talk shows and presenting this and getting this big hype about it. He was supposed to come on my show. Thank goodness the day before I did a little research and I found out about this, and I was like, oh, no, sorry, we can't do this. He went on and announced himself on Twitter that, yeah, I can't go on like this anymore. This is fake. So we have wow. all this nonsense going on where I believe he had good intentions. I believe he thought it was real. He's a very intelligent man, but even the smartest of us can get fooled by this crap. Exactly. And I'm not and I'm not a big person. I'm not addicted to evidence. So, but at the same time, I think I have a pretty pretty decent bullshit meter. So, I try to walk the balance, the fine line between those two things because I think there are just some things in life and we have to either believe the person that's telling us about these experiences or has this photograph that they want to show us that they were there for and they swear by it or whatever. Sometimes you just have to go by your gut feeling. Um, and that's hard to do when you see it on your Twitter feed or something like that. And it's, you've never heard of this person before. They're not friends with any of your friends. So I think, I mean, that's, we, we value that on the melt uh, first-hand people, uh, first-hand experiences of, of people uh, who have gone through things that aren't easily explainable. They're not going to be repeatable. They may never happen again. They may be a, the only person that was there that experienced that. Um, so then you just—it's up to you. It's up to the critical thinker whether they are going to buy that or not, or they just leave the leave it on the table to see how it ends up. To see, you know, if it is found out later on that this person was bullshitting or come to find out somebody else had the same experience or whatever. I think it's just important to keep an open mind. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Now, speaking of some of the deception that's going on right now, a lot of the imagery that we're dealing with is being manipulated by the AI art and technology that's available right now. And this is another big problem within our community, especially when you're trying to present photographic evidence on things. There are people that are presenting these AI images that have obviously been doctored, but they've flooded social media with everything from UFOs to giants to aliens to cryptids and about 90 8% of it is fake, and there's about 2% that's real. So this is another thing that's just giving people who are trying to do real research a bad name and putting out all this bad information. And on top of that, we have this chat GPT technology that 
I believe has completely taken over the search engines in general to where anytime you try and do your own research, find your any kind of information that is not daddy government approved, it's pretty much impossible these days. It's all going to be sanitized for approval now. Have you guys been concerned about where all this is going with the chat GPT, AI, all that stuff? You know, it doesn't really enter my realm of existence. Um, I exist in a completely different, uh, on a completely different um, uh, segment of reality than Hunter does. She does deal in things as far as school and academia and stuff like that is concerned. I rehab houses, so it doesn't really, doesn't it doesn't affect the price of milk for me. But in general, um, I don't know. I think that hopefully what this all will boil down to is that we will learn to 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 um cherish direct experience um and not uh put so much of our 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 time and effort into these forms of media that are manipulatable um and and you know that's hard to do i mean i i, I listen to podcasts all the time that's a form of media but i happen to I mean, there are podcasts that I start to listen to and I realize like I, I don't like where this person is coming from. It seems like they're doing it to toot their own horn or they're just making things seem a lot more sensational than they actually are just to get clicks, whatever. So, but I think I'm not trying to trash all media or indirect experience, but I think um, we just have to learn to um, really pay attention to uh, the things, the stimulus that we 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 intake, uh, and most of the things that I intake don't aren't affected by those things. Um, I would like to think, at least. Hopefully, there are not podcasts that are out there that are completely AI generated. That would be kind of freaky. But how does it affect your world, or does it? Well, I I see that uh, there there is definitely a pivot in the job market where artificial intelligence is taking over very specific types of jobs. And uh, I think the job market is going to change drastically in the next 10 years. I think we're going to see a lot more um, of an erosion because we are not in a brawn-based economy anymore. We are in a brain-based economy. And if you can uh, take a large language model and you know apply that to you know a, a vast spectrum of jobs then and that's going to save a company money then i i can see how that is going to basically shift us away from people having uh employment and i think that's that's definitely an issue um you know but if we look back and say, where were we five years ago? Where were we 10 years ago? Where were we 15 years ago? If you look back at a photo of yourself 15 years ago and how you looked, how you dressed, how you thought about the world and compare it to now, there's definitely a quickening that has happened in your own evolution. So I think we, and even our, our, uh, view of conspiracy and what we knew 15 years ago is different from where we are right now. So if we can kind of look five years ahead and say, okay, well, where, where are we going to be in five years? What are we going to know differently 
than we know about the world in five years. I think that's something that we should really use as a guidepost to, to maybe shift where our energies are going. Um, what I've told our sons is go be a plumber, <laughs> learn, learn a trade, learn a skill that is not going to be able to be taken over by a, a large language model or by any form of artificial intelligence. I think that that's the thing that we really need to focus on is that these uh, these forms of technology are going to hijack and co-opt spaces that humans are, are going to seem to be kind of an outdated or an outmoded form of uh, empl employee. It's just not going to be necessary. You're not going to need a human to sell a car in another five years. You're not going to need a human necessarily to uh, make reservations for a hotel or to to uh, handle travel in any way. So there's certain industries that are going to be completely taken over by these large language models. Yeah, so that's I, a concern. Yeah, and I I'm also concerned about the degradation of human consciousness over the next decade or more because we've seen what it's already done what technology has already done to humanity as far as our intel intelligence levels how we interact with each other how we interact with nature how it's affecting the younger generations and their continues to be more degradation as each generation goes so that's the thing that concerns me is how will the human interact with each other how what will be the human intelligence level what will our connection to nature be in the next decade that is the most concerning part for me no go ahead no you go ahead i was just going to say that's what i was saying about media before that's i think they're definitely <clears throat> has to be a balance uh, between your direct experience with the quote unquote real world and your your the way that you're getting it through your medias. Um, I think the generations that are coming around where the kid gets a phone at seven years old and that that's all they do when they're sitting at a table at a restaurant is sit and look at their phone or a tablet or whatever the fuck instead of having a direct conversation with people around them, looking around at making eye contact with other human beings. I think that's that's dangerous um, because that's what we're built for. That's why we have eyes. We don't have eyes to be glued to screens all the time and have that substitute direct 3D experience with those around us, not to mention nature, not to mention going out and, you know, looking at the trees and walking and uh, feeling the wind on you. And it's like all of those things seem to be falling to the wayside because it's much more sexier to, uh, be glued to a YouTube channel or, a, you know, cable TV or some massive online role-playing game. Um, but I, I think that the sales pitch for parents is that they don't want their children to fall behind. So the idea is, well, you know, in 10 years or less, Musk is going to have a neural link implanted in, in people's brains. So there's really no need to learn anything. There's really no need to be part of 
uh, reality because you're going to have the ability to learn uh, 15 languages instantaneously. So let's get the kid used to being looking at a screen and being connected to that. So I think that's that's one perspective that is really kind of uh, driving uh, technology because there are people who are like, well, the old generation, they're not really into this. This is something that the new generation is really adopting. And that's the direction that we're all going. But what I find so fascinating is that programmers and People, you know, these high level executives in Silicon Valley, none of their children are allowed to have phones. Yep. They're not allowed uh. to have they're not they're not connected in the way that the masses are connected. Yep. So what does that tell you if if you're a programmer and you won't let your own kid have an iPhone, but this is the technology that you are selling. So who why why? Why is it not okay for your own child to be using that technology? Well, this brings me to the possibility of a dark unseen force that is leading humanity into this technological age versus our natural connection to what some white might say is source. Do you think that there that this is just humanity's desire to be connected to this technology that we humanity is evolving to a point where this is naturally going to occur, where we are going to plug ourselves into this and lose our connection to spirit, or is it being guided by an unseen negative force? You might call it an harmonic energy that is leading humanity in this direction. What do you think? I don't think it's our instinct to be on a cell phone. Right. No. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's a child's instinct to stare at a computer or a screen as opposed to making eye contact with a parent. Uh, you know, if you really wanted to look at kind of this overarching conspiracy, you could say, well, the, this uptick in autism, you know, one in 30 kids are now artistic compared to. 35, 40 years ago, you could say, well, that was by design. And that's the intention is that we want th this uh, child on a spectrum to connect with a phone or to, to connect with technology and not have to connect with another human being, because that's the perfect storm for that. So, you know, if you wanted to, to kind of see things as all being connected in that way, you could say, well, this is what this harmonic uh, energy wants is they want people not to relate to each other and just, you know, to be obsessed with this, this, this uh, visceral need to stare at something and get that feedback, that neural feedback. I think it's a, a symptom of corrupt power systems, which find it very easy to control people through things like media and electronics and technology um, because it's all based in the material. And if they can trap you in the material, then they've got you. I mean, if they got you thinking that there's one life, you got to grab all the toys you can, you know, you, it's just to live this sort of hedonistic lifestyle where it's all you centered and it's about things and it's about stuff. Um, then they can control you. Um, and now, I mean, 
with virtual reality and all of this uh, stuff that the, you know is much more immersive, then you could easily head towards a sort of a ready player one scenario. But I mean, the same way with uh, biometrics and all of this stuff, the way that they want to track us, everything is sort of leading into this transhumanistic, uh, technocratic um, surveillance state uh, where they're just, I mean, you're just cattle to them. And so it's a much easier to control the population if you have them uh, looking a particular way and a very easy thing to have people be focused on is the material plane and all of that stuff that it has to offer and, and can distract us with. I, I just don't believe that that is the only option. And this is where this uh, idea of multiple timelines and multiple realities comes in to play for me. I think that there is a version of reality where we all sign off on that. Every single human signs off on that. And if they don't sign off, they're gassed or they're dead in some way. There's that version of reality. And it's very easy to get um, wrapped up in that fear because it seems like if you turn on the, the black mirror, it's saying that's the direction we're going in. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to buy into that. But I, I also think that if you uh, separate yourself from that black mirror and you don't connect to that, you you recognize there are other versions of reality that exist if you put your energy and your attention on that reality. There are tribes on this planet right now that exist that have never had a cell phone, that have never tasted cheesecake, that that have no connection with our version of reality. Is their reality uh, more real than ours? No, it's just their version of reality. So to think that it has to be this way or it's going to be this way, I think that's the, that's the fear, uh, that's that low frequency that wants us to, to go, okay, well, that's what's going to happen. Just to be clear, I wasn't casting that as an inevitability. Did, did you mm -hmm. understand that, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that that's an in inevitability at all. Um, but when people are coming home from work and they're just plopping down on their couches and just taking in shit, every, the sp getting spoon-fed all of the media that uh, they're supposed to be watching and paying attention to, uh, they're going to think that that's the inevitable like you just got to do it that's why they want to as you were saying uh, indoctrinate their kids into technology because that's you know that's the way of the future like mm. it isn't future it's totally up for grabs it's totally malleable and that's so important for us to uh to realize that to remind ourselves and each other of that that that's none of this is inevitable not at all i i follow um page six on Instagram and TMZ and what we would consider, you know, kind of not, not mainstream media, but kind of uh, the, the dark side of entertainment media. Mm. And it's really great. And I highly recommend that you do this, Chris, go onto one of these posts of a Kardashian, go onto a post of what you're supposed to think is this aspirational lifestyle and reality 
and read the comments. If you read those comments, you will be so blown away by how many people do not buy the bullshit that are going on TMZ and saying, Hey Kim, what about fucking Balenciaga? And what, how, why are we still talking about these bitches and what the fuck is going on? Like, why is this still happening? Why are we giving these people any attention? I mean, I'm not saying one or two out of 10,000 comments. I'm saying like three or 4,000 people that are all chiming in saying, why are we giving these this family any attention whatsoever? Mm-hmm. So the idea that people are asleep and they're just falling alo- uh, in lockstep and just going to go along with it, I don't think that that's reality anymore. Yeah. I think that's what that's the version that, of the matrix that we are uh, capable of focusing on. But I think people who are actually even in that matrix those people are even waking up and going, I don't give a shit about this person's addiction to Ozempic or <laughs> now has lost weight. And now we've got the, you know, who gives a shit? And Drew Barrymore's holding Oprah's hand for an awkward amount of time. It's like, no one gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. They really don't. Yeah. They have to get us to manifest these outcomes ourselves. It's all based on programming. For example, what's going on with the Israel-Palestine situation, this is something that is supposed to work us into a fear frenzy so that we agree to join into this global war scenario. But it it's all our decision, ultimately. If you look back on all the fear campaigns over the past few decades from terrorism to pandemics to wars it's all designed to work us up into a fear frenzy so that we want the protection of the government that we believe that they are the only ones that can save us from the evil pandemics or boogeymen when it's all an illusion to begin with and there's more people seeing through that illusion so it's going to be harder and harder for them to actually put forward these agendas and have them work correctly so they're going to have to go bigger and bigger but i just see more failure on in the on the horizon with the amount of people that are waking up well what does it tell you when it makes international news that pamela anderson has gone to fashion week without makeup on jesus what does that tell you white like Talk about a slow... But who is the international news actually talking to? Like you said, I think there's a lot more of us now than these people that just blindly go along with the agendas. They're trying to portray it like there's all these people that give a shit about this when in reality those numbers are shrinking more and more. Exactly. Even in their spaces. That's the amazing thing because it's not like you're going to some conspiracy site and they're saying... Pamela Anderson's so brave. Like, no one gives a fuck. You go to TMZ and people are saying, this is what we're talking about? Like, we really give a shit that she's gone, you know, to Paris without foundation? Like, who cares? (laughs) So I think that the mesmerism is maybe working on a weak mind, but... There are people who are living out in the world who are still in those spaces, in the woke spaces that are, even they are saying, this is not important. 
How do you see the future of our media versus independent media going? There is a lot of growth in people that are tuning out of the mainstream media and Hollywood and television and all the bullshit and looking for more independent forms of entertainment and hell, even starting their own forms of entertainment, starting their own podcasts and movies and making their own movies and films. Do you see this as a new trend as we move forward that people are just going to continue to check out of Hollywood and the news and the mainstream media and our world of independent media and production is going to continue to grow? I think uh, that's definitely the case. I think we're moving in that direction. I think um, the technologies and stuff that the tools that people use to make those sorts of things, and you just put out a documentary yourself, Mm -hmm. um, a fantastic one. Uh, Good job. Uh, That uh, people will start doing it themselves. So they'll be frustrated with the the narrative that they're supposed to be believing uh, and, and go out and start reporting things themselves. I mean, there is a, there is a, flip side to that 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 is dangerous is a way too dramatic way of putting it but that could create more echo chambers but i think it doesn't have to i think uh if you are going out and reporting the world as you see it or um talking to people about their experiences with their lives and and what they're doing and i think there's a way to um to navigate all of that and and keep uh keep it open as long as we're talking to people that we don't agree with all the time um, and remaining open to having discussions with uh, what maybe other people might uh, see as the people that are on the, on the, on their side. I can't articulate. Um, So I think it's important to not be biased. Um, But, you know, that's inevitable. People making their own stuff, they're going to go out and they're going to sometimes they have a very myopic focus and it'll serve their little group of people. You know, whatever. That's fine. As long as in the end, it doesn't serve to um, create more walls between people. I think if if we're all out there uh, talking to each other, I think some really wonderful and positive things can happen. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. And that's what I see you doing with Forbidden Knowledge. Uh, you always seem to bring it back and wrap it up with uh, something positive and something that uh, gives people sort of hope um, and and grounds them in a in something that they can work with as opposed to going oh my god what we're fucked <laughs> just archon food like you know so I think it's really important what you do and hopefully people will see what we do the same way oh thank you brother yeah I think that manifestation is the biggest key to what the outcomes of our reality are. And we can either manifest based on our own desires and happiness and love and what we want for our future or based out of fear because we're afraid of what the world is going to bring, what the Illuminati's next move is going to be and what next pandemic or terrorist attack is going to occur. So if we base our reality off of that fear, we're going to just perpetuate the worst fears that we have about the direction that we're going into. But if we check out from all of that and we focus on the great things in our reality and the things that we're working on, we don't even have to participate in any of those timelines. Exactly. I Well, I think that 
uh, legacy media is being uh, bolstered and held up by boomers. I think that there's a generational thing that has happened and content creation has really ramped up in the, I would say in the past 20 years, people have been making their own films. It, it, it really has exploded. Uh, if you look at the uh, statistical analysis of streaming services versus legacy media, they have completely blown legacy media out of the water. So everyone's watching Amazon Prime. People are watching Netflix. Um, there's other services that they're utilizing. Uh, but the younger generation is really being propelled and driven by YouTube. Mm -hmm. So YouTube has kind of taken over where legacy media left off. And TikTok. What I would say, well, I mean, I think more people watch uh, YouTube than they do TikTok. Um, what I think is going to happen is that <laughs> like corporations will now have divisions of meme makers mm. and GIF makers. <laughs> and that, that if you want to be kind of on the cutting edge of what's happening, that in the university systems and the academia, there will now be degrees that you can obtain that will be um, media-based. So you'll, you'll be able to get a, a degree in memeing. You'll be able to get a degree <laughs> in YouTubing because yeah. I think yeah. that's really what, what, what they have realized is the only people who are watching Fox News are 80 years old and above. The only pe people who are watching ABC News are 80 and above. So the fear mongering is really happening with the boomer generation. The younger people are either creating their own content or they're going into these fringe um, forms of media to entertain themselves. Mm -hmm. So we, our youngest son, he started a YouTube page with his his uh a couple of his cohorts in his class and and it's almost embarrassing to say they <laughs> they made a prank call video that's like oh no <laughs> jesus it's not even like a, a five minutes long it's a short eighty five hundred views oh, wow. with first 24 hours so crazy and i will be honest with you chris it sucks. <laughs> it fucking sucks. Well, it's not look at what entertains people on YouTube. You have the naked yoga chicks. You've got the dogs and cats running around fighting, the stupid animal videos, and, you know, titties bouncing everywhere, stupid shit like that. That's what entertains people or prank calls, you know? Sure. Yeah. Exactly. And and it, it wasn't even good. And Chris and I looked at our <laughs> metrics. For like the, our number one video in the in the history of our YouTube channel to see what it was, and it was paltry compared to what our fourteen year old is doing. And I sat back as I'm walking. I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Why is this? Why is it that a fourteen year old is getting such an amazing response to th this video? And it is a totally algorithm based. Mm -hmm. It's black yes. box based. It's not that the content is so great. 
it's because he fits in the demo. Yes. So of course he's going to get 8,500 views mm. where we are just not, we're the outliers because we're actually putting out long form content. That's, you know, to us is very valuable because it's really about drilling into people's um, subject matter. And we're, we give a fuck. We're not just trying to do some stupid shit, but I was like, maybe that's what we need to do. Just <laughs> have a prank call channel. <laughs> to, to like numbers. Yeah, we it's, thought about making videos of our dogs running around and putting it up just to have some extra uh, cash coming in. Exactly. Yes. Just to just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, you know, let's all lower the bar. Yeah. But you know, maybe thinking in a different way, a way, a way to trick the black box. I think that's a really important thing to consider. But I also have a lot of faith in science and where science is headed, just in terms of all of these layers and things that, that we're talking about. They're, uh, now, they're not trying to, you know, isolate the spirit molecule. I think what some uh, social scientists are trying to do and and people in social psychology is understand spirituality and the fact that there's even any type of research going on in that uh, field is exciting to me because what it says is yes you can watch a video of some of, of a dog barfing then that's going to get a million hits great but there's also people who are trying to do deep thinking and really understand the human experience and all of its facets and that that i'm interested in so i don't think we're we are you know rudderless or that we're lost i think that there are people it's just where you focus your attention i can dig into the kardashian mythos and get really upset and freaked out and Balenciaga and Illuminati and hand signals and all this bullshit. I can get into that or I can raise my frequency a little bit and say, okay, that's fine. But what else is going on? Yeah. What, what else is interesting? Yeah. Anything to add to that, Chris? Uh, not off the top of my head. No, I kind of spaced out. <laughs> no, that's okay. Now, when you say what else is happening, this brings me to the final topic that I want to get to, and it combines psychedelics with what could be happening with extraterrestrials and the perception that we're supposed to have about them in now and in the future. Since I started utilizing and growing magic mushrooms that is when I really started to question the whole alien agenda and alien phenomena. First of all, because of my own experiences with what I understand as my guides, my spirit guides, my ancestors, these etheric beings that I come into contact with whenever I have experiences, and some of the information that I've gained from those experiences as well as some of the memories that I'm starting to uncover from childhood, which I'm in no way ready to discuss yet, but there are some very concerning memories that have popped up. So there's a lot of things that have been coming to my awareness since I have started my psychedelic journey a few years ago, and it has 
really made me question some of the narratives that are coming out of the mainstream, when, especially when it comes to the extraterrestrials and what they want us to believe aliens are. And I have my own beliefs as to what we're dealing with. I believe it's much more of a metaphysical phenomenon. I think that a lot of paranormal and what we consider extraterrestrial is a very personal phenomenon for each person that experiences it. And much of it is based on that person's personal spiritual awareness, personal growth, direction that they're heading in their life, and may not have anything to do with the collective at all. So I think we're being duped to think that some of these paranormal extraterrestrial experiences are about something more than our own personal development, and it's being used as a psychological operation to get humanity to believe that there are little green men coming from different planets to stick things in our butts and take over the planet. When wow. in reality, it's much more of a personal spiritual phenomenon yeah. for each person that experiences, usually for personal growth, usually messages from beyond to get that person on the right track. Mm-hmm. Most of these experiences are people that are having the these these contact or spiritual experiences are to set them in a certain direction in their own consciousness evolution. But what's happening through the media and a lot of even broadcasters and people in this community, they're putting it forward as this cosmic war situation where aliens are coming and abducting people and making hybrid children. And this is all an intergalactic operation that is going to culminate into like this alien invasion situation, which I believe that's just another fear campaign on top of everything else. What do you guys think? I think that, uh, I, I've got a really, um, you know, I don't, I don't side, uh, too much on either or as far as that issue is concerned, but kind of where I am leaning right now is that there's a lot of human stuff, a lot more human stuff going on there than, than we might imagine. I think that there's a lot of our technology that we're seeing in the skies, mm-hmm. a lot of the more negative uh, interactions that we have with uh, these entities, whoever they are, seem to me to be more my labs uh, as opposed to these advanced beings coming from some other planet or whatever. Yes. Uh, I'm also a very much an all of the above kind of person. I think there's probably lots and lots of stuff going on and not all of these entities are positive. Not all of these entities are negative. So it's hard to say. Um, but I think that a lot of the tech, the 3d or the material nuts and bolts stuff that we're seeing is probably our military. Um, but that being said, I think that there are probably also a lot of these entities that are right under our noses as opposed to coming from some other galaxy or something like that. I think there's probably a lot more going on on this planet than we realize. And I think not only maybe are a lot of these entities interdimensional but and, and existing in the same space that we do, but they could be subterranean i mean who knows there's just so so much up in the air and there's so many different stories that people have but i think there's yeah i think a lot of the tech that we see is is us uh or at least these entities uh in collusion with us that's all i got as far as that's concerned do you have any 
I I lean toward the the interdimensional explanation more than I do a outer space explanation. Uh, I agree with Chris that I think a lot of the the tech stuff that we uh, have witnessed as of late it definitely feels more like a my lab, and it feels like something that is more uh, based in some nefarious um, black project. Uh, that would be my first uh, supposition if I was going to to kind of come to the table with something. Um, I differ with Chris in that I am a lot more of an evidence-based person. So I do want receipts. I do want evidence. I I believe that experiences are real for the individual and it doesn't and and some people don't have to have the receipts and they whatever they experience is it, it is a personal thing that happened i think there's probably more um what we could consider uh transdimensional or interdimensional experiences that people have that they just say oh that was a dream or, you know, they just somehow they bifurcate their brain and put it somewhere and pack that away because it's too much of a mind fuck to think that they've had some uh, experience on this level of reality. So they just bury it. Um, I think that there are probably um, there's how can I say this? I think that the need to the reason I always feel a little bit hesitant when you have uh, someone who says, Oh, I got abducted or I saw these orbs or I, and there's, there's nothing really to substantiate that. The first place I always go is, okay, what's the agenda here? Is this person trying to get famous? Are they trying to get attention? Do they want to feel special? Do they have some mental health um, issues that they're dealing with, you know, what, what is the overarching thing that is the reason behind um, coming out with this information right now? For me, any type of experience like that is such a personal thing that it's what I say. It's the, the running joke I have about um, going to church. I think spirituality is like masturbating. It's something you shouldn't do in public. Yeah. It's a private <laughs> thing. I yeah. think the, the interdimensional thing, again, this is a very private thing. Mm. This is something that was a message for you specifically. It's not a message for the world. It's an, it's an event that happened to you. It didn't happen to, you know, an entire population of people. So, some of those things don't need to be talked about because that is you and your spirit. That is you and, and this entity having some communication that you really need to work through and work out and understand. So I would say that, you know, there's the technology is so there right now for, um, holographs and for there to be some alien invasion or something like that that is not extraterrestrial i i feel like that that is maybe one of the things that we can look forward to in the next 10 years but 
I would say, look at your dreams, look at the, at the personal communication that you have with this earth. You're probably having more of an alien experience looking at a caterpillar mm. in the forest than you are some little green man. There, there's ways that we can communicate with other um, entities and other energies that are, I think, more nature-based than a lot of people would probably uh, recognize. Very well said. This was fun, guys. I had a great time. I love the melt. I love the guests you've been having on lately. In fact, I've, I've stole a couple of guests from you guys recently. Good. I love what you're well, doing. You Any think, plans? Get, What's that? Did you ever get a hold of John Paul Ryan? I did. I spoke with him today, so we're we're going to get that scheduled. So, any uh, any plans for the future of the melt? Uh, we're just going to keep busting them out like you're doing. Keep busting them out like I'm doing, yeah. And uh, bar some great financial uh, uh, change of pace, uh, that's not the right way of putting it. When when the finances change, I will I will be able to 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 be able to commit more to the melt. I would love to do what you're doing with documentaries and stuff. Um, mm. That's something that I've done before, and I love making documentaries. So, I think a lot of this stuff. Um, can be gone into even deeper than we can in a, in a two hour episode. Um, so, and visuals are very, very important. Um, I'm a very visual person. So watching things is very important. Mm -hmm. So I want to get more into that, but in the meantime, until that happens, yeah, we've just got still to us, at least fantastic guests that we're having on. And uh, hopefully the the conversations are as engaging to other people as they are to us because we're learning a lot during these conversations. That's my sure. favorite part about this is I get to have a wonderful teacher every day and learn uh, about these fascinating topics every day of my life. And guys, thank you so much. Again, I love what you're doing with the show. Keep it up. And we're definitely going to do this again very soon. Before you head out, let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, the net. Um, that's where you can go to get all of our episodes. You can get also our episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, except for Spotify, which we've been yanked from. Um, with YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, X. Um, yeah. And we have extra content on our Patreon uh, channel and on Locals. Excellent. And we will be having a uh, product line come out of body sprays. Totally, totally kidding. <laughs> I like body sprays. Hey, it, it may Daddy. work. Essence, essence of squatch. <laughs> no, I would definitely try that one for sure. All right, guys, have an excellent evening. And until next time, everyone, have a wonderful night. We'll talk again soon.